You're listening to Brick to the Future, the property investment show for everyday Australians. We cut through the white noise so you can minimise risk and make smart, informed investment decisions. If you're after tips and strategies while building a property portfolio that suits your lifestyle, you're in the right place. Uh, welcome to today's episode of Cam McClellan here with um, a good friend, Matt Louis Lewison. Matt, how are you? Yeah, great, Cam. Good to see you. Yeah, I'll tell you what, it's uh, it's absolutely pissing rain down here in Melbourne. Cats and dogs is probably a nicer way to put it, but uh, you're up in Brisbane. How's, uh, how's life in the glory city? Yeah, great. We don't certainly don't have any um, polar frost uh, kicking around here. It's mid-20s. It's lovely. Nice. Working on my tan. <laughs> nice with your uh, if, 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 very, if tannable, believe that, yeah. very tannable skin Matt has, if anyone uh, doesn't, doesn't know what Matt looks like. so uh, he's, uh, he's not ginger, but he's uh, definitely leaning that way. Uh, <laughs> sorry, mate. Within the first two minutes, I started hanging shit on you. There you go. All right, uh, we've we've Put got a couple of questions uh, I want, want to go over today, Matt. And I think you're a, a good one to talk through this. So, um, people often struggle with um, getting a deposit together or getting enough money to invest. So, um, someone's posed a question. I've got 10k. What do I do with it? But let's t- expand on that. If someone hasn't got the deposit they require. Um, so anyone you might have between what's a what's a standard house deposit nowadays pushing close to a hundred grand if you're buying in yeah. you know, in the around the median house price. Um, if someone's got fifty grand, what do they do? So let's consider this question at um, a few different levels. Um, so if we talk about um, some of the investment options, how they can increase um, the amount of money, or what to do with that money, because by the time you've saved that next amount, often the market's moved and the deposit you require is much higher. Yeah, and can we maybe just, uh, I know sometimes we get these questions, they're not really sort of fleshed out all that much, but let's assume the fact that somebody's asking us um, sort of something like this. Let's assume they want to ultimately buy an investment property or buy a property in Australia. I think that's that's the meaning from the question. Yeah, I think that's the meaning from the question. I mean, they've got interest in property, but don't have enough basically yeah. where, where I'm seeing this uh, person's coming from. Yeah, so I guess when you break it down like that, um, then you'd have to run through, first of all, what's the quickest way to get to the point where you can get into the market, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and I'll probably say, like, personal experience, quickest way for me, when I only had half of a deposit, which back then I needed 20 grand or a touch over 20 grand to be able to get into the market, I had 10 Um and was on a low low income. My brother also had ten. Was on a slightly higher income, so we put our money together and we bought a bought a property together, which got us both into the market sooner, which allowed us to obviously then benefit from from the market growth. And that wasn't probably a market like today's market, which is um, kind of hot and on running on all cylinders. Back at like in 1998, 99, the market was warm warmish. Um, so we got a year's worth of growth, but that was enough to get us into our next property and kind of going so um obviously it comes back to the best time to get into the market as my old man said to us was as soon as we can afford to so how do you make it more affordable um you yeah obviously you bridge that gap to get the deposit is the the most easy one if you've got somebody who is absolutely on the same page as you same goals and not just short-term medium-term long-term goals you somebody that you're prepared to I guess go through the whole process with and know that no matter what decisions you have to make in the future, you'll be on the same page and uh, and stay friends. I mean, for us, we're brothers. We can never break that. So. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I know with um, investing, when when I was trying to get a deposit together, um, and, and like you said, it, it is tougher nowadays for people to get into the property market. There's absolutely no doubt. I think um, my deposit I required was about seven and a half thousand to to get that first deposit together. There was some obviously costs on top of that, but um, I pushed pretty hard. So I sold my car and um, rode a bike for a while and caught public transport. So I think um, delaying gratification and doing what you can to fast track your deposit growth, it's really important to look at every way you can minimize your expenses. So if we're talking about how do we get that that money up, some people will, you're right, will have the opportunity to invest with and co-invest. And we've actually got for uh, clients um, and part of our deposit builder program, we've got co-invest agreement templates that people can use to um, so that they don't have to spend huge amounts of money on legal fees, very basic agreements. So you, you outline if you're co-investing, what the reason for investing is, at what point, um, the property will be sold and then any profits will be distributed at a later point. So you might pick a dollar figure the property needs to get to as a sales figure. And then um, obviously selling that property and splitting it out is eventually what happens with most people when they come invest together, as I know it's happened with yourself and Al. Yeah, absolutely. It only took 20 years, but uh, right. yeah, we, we ultimately ended up like we're, and we're still going through the process of selling some of those jointly held assets. Um, yeah. But yeah, they'd obviously served their purpose, and now we're reallocating our uh, our portfolios. But yeah, um, yeah. yeah. So, so what if you can't? Uh, what are your thoughts? You know, you can't. Yeah, I, I, I think no people need to, invest to invest with. Yeah. yeah. So, look. So, without talking about different investment vehicles, which we'll get to that, I want to talk about um, another other options we've got because we we do have um, options with an open corp. But let's first, if someone wants to build their own portfolio, um, if we talk about people who might be in Sydney, who might be pushing the boundary of trying to get um, a deposit together because the Sydney market's quite large and in as far as price point goes. Well, then having a look at other capital city markets or other major markets, um, you know, maybe you're looking at cities above 200,000 but have a lower price point or a lower price point property entry point um, is always a good option. Yeah, absolutely. And if you look at, I mean, there's two parts, don't we know there's, there's two key things for somebody to be able to afford a property. It's not just the deposit, it's also their their earnings. So, so how much of a loan can they service? Um, so Sydney kind of is at the back of the queue on both fronts in terms of you need the highest deposit to get into the market in Sydney right now. And you also need the highest income um, and serviceability because the rental yield in Sydney is lower than pretty much everywhere else. Now, Melbourne's probably next in terms of the, the least um, least rental yield that you're getting from, which means you need a higher income personally to cover the serviceability gap. Um, but when you look at markets like a, a Brisbane, first of all, the median house price is substantially lower than Melbourne or Sydney, but also the rent you get for a four bedroom house mm. actually higher in many suburbs in Brisbane than it, than it is in Melbourne. Yep. Then you look at Perth where the median's a little bit lower again. And again, they've got really, really good rental yield. So um, for, for investors, I mean, if, if you're not looking to move into your house, and that's the great thing about being an investor. And I did it for, was it 13 years before I bought a house to live in myself? I, I was just rent investing, but that meant that I could, I was mobile. I could invest across borders and I could put my money and my investments where I was going to get into the market as early as possible and benefit from the market growth through those cycles. And that's, that's the great thing. So somebody with forty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000 who's in Sydney going, geez, I've got a long way to save. Yeah. Well, if, they, if they're able to look in other cities, and sure, you probably need somebody to help you because you don't know those markets that well. 
Um, but if you can look across the, the ditch, let's call it, or the nullable yep. plain, uh, or even looking up in, in Queensland, then it's going to open so many more doors. And when you're going through a boom cycle like we are right now, if you wait and you keep saving to bridge that gap between the 50 and 100,000 you need to get into the market in Sydney or Melbourne, yeah. well, you've probably missed out on three years of growth through that period. Yeah, your 100 Surely, becomes 140 that you need. Next. Yeah, that, that's right. And the deposit need goes up as well. So like it, wherever possible, let the market do the work for you. Uh, and that means obviously thinking smart about that sort of market you want to play in. Yeah, I think people can also get um, in the trap of if they're looking in their own capital city market. So I'm in Melbourne at this point in time. And if I only had $50,000, I would start looking at the cheapest property on the market. Now, the cheapest property on the market might be a one-bedroom apartment. So we need to consider that, yes, it's okay to sacrifice. For example, if if I had the pick of any property in Melbourne, I'd be picking medium-density property within infill areas, you know, four-bedroom double living, double bathroom, double garage, um, and really you know, good community, the, the basics of you know, fundamental investing, what makes a really good investment. But if I can't afford that, I might start downgrading what I'm looking at. Now, it doesn't mean that all boats don't rise on a you know, rising tide. Um, but if we look at going to the bottom of the barrel, you, some people might scrape in and go, I can afford a one-bedroom apartment right now. So there's a level that you need to say, no, that's not a good investment. And people need to understand the core fundamentals of what increases price of property is that land appreciates and buildings depreciate. So ensuring that if you're considering coming away from what we recommend is that the optimum size and quality property to downgrade a bit, um, townhouses would still, with a good land content, would still meet the criteria that might bridge that gap to allow people to get into the market at a lower price point. But when you're delving into high-rise apartments, start thinking about something else. It's my, my yeah, recommendation. Absolutely. And I think, I mean, we work on a big checklist of different criteria. Um, and I guess when you can look across borders to look at where's a lower price point to enter the market, the only thing, I mean, there's no criteria that we have on what the median house price needs to be. So you're actually not sacrificing any criteria. If you want to stay in the same city because you've got, I guess a lower threshold for what you can afford to get into when you're in Sydney. It's hard to imagine the types of sacrifices you're making on the preferred criteria to yeah. find a property that you can afford. It's not C grade, it's probably D grade yeah. kind of asset for investment purposes. And while we say get into the market when you can afford it, that doesn't mean get into the market at all costs, no matter what, Correct. Um, what hovel you're going to be buying you need to be investing in the things that have got the criteria because otherwise you'll get burned and you go, oh, no, not only have I sort of like potentially lost money by buying the wrong thing, but you've lost, you're losing time. So you're, you're missing that market cycle. So it's yep. really important that you stick to criteria that are going to work. You mentioned land content and that's one. Um, population size for a city. So we look at a lot of cities We've got a set criteria for what size the city needs to be before we can invest in it. And we also have a set criteria of how many jobs can be near that city um, as well. And then within that, we also have criteria around what's the population growth for that city? What's the rate of growth over 10 years? What's the supply? All those sorts of things. And it's a whole picture you need, you need to be. And there's a lot of opportunities that we can, that people can find that do meet those criteria in I guess, around the country yeah. uh, in, in major cities. But yeah, sometimes, obviously, as I said, if you're 
uh, if you're constrained on your deposit, you, you don't want to just sort of go, well, look, I'm just desperate to get in and suffer from FOMO. Yeah. Um, because that that leads to the, I guess, a worse outcome. All right. Well, I think we've um, we've given people a good understanding of um, there are options out there. Um, you don't need to sacrifice on the, the quality property if you're capable of looking at another capital city market or another market. Um, with uh, with being straight up front, um, OpenCorp does have a, have a product which allows people to invest in the residential market. So while I want to ask you about um, Resi Fund itself, I, I don't want people to think that this is a, a sales plug for it, but w- what's the reason we um, created Resi Fund and how does that enable people to get into the market early on? Yeah, well, I guess it comes back to, I guess, our initial what we started the conversation with, wasn't it? Which was, do you have do you have a means to get into the market sooner? Um, whether that's by partnering with somebody or perhaps some people have got other mechanisms like they can borrow money from a family member or maybe if they're prepared to live in the house that and, it's, and it ticks all the other boxes, yeah. they might get the first home buyer's grant, which could bridge some of that gap. Um, but in the event that you don't, in the event that you're not likely to be able to bridge that gap in the next six to 12 months. So let's say it's more of a medium to long-term prospect for you to get into the market. Well, we thought, well, we, as, as I mentioned earlier, let the market do the work for you. You're always going to be better off if the market can work hard for you. Well, and maybe you work hard in conjunction with that by continuing to save. Um, but we started Resi Fund a few years ago because we knew that there's a lot, so many people we got, like 70 to 100,000 people have inquired with our business, seeking our advice over, over time. And the vast majority of them couldn't afford to buy a property. They just, they're just mm. a long way off on the deposit. So we realized that as many people as we can help, there's so many more that we couldn't help to find the right property. And we realized, well, if we can actually allow them to invest, whether they've got 1,000, 10,000 or 30,000, yeah. that money working in the market, so the market's doing the job. They're getting a share of the rent from a property portfolio and they're getting a share of all the capital growth from the property portfolio. Well, that's going to make sure that if there's a boom, they benefit from that boom. And when they're ready to, to acquire, acquire a property, they haven't just had to work their butts off for that whole time because the market's been, been giving them a little push along as well. So um, yeah, obviously Resi Fund is really, we're trying to provide a slice of the Australian property market using our own, map process the market area property spread across Australia's major capital cities of Melbourne, Sydney, Brisbane and Perth. Um, so somebody who invests getting a share of all of the, I guess, the, the properties uh, within that. And when we um, acquire new properties, we're boosting that rental income and boosting the capital growth as well. So it's really what obviously we've done personally, building our own portfolios. I mean, now we put it into a structure that allows other people to come invest with us and um, yeah. yeah, and benefit from that. So the fund itself is um, a fund which acquires and has a really low low loan to value ratio, 40, 50% on the property yep. it buys. Um, so there's no recourse loan on anyone investing in it, but it buys properties which generate large amounts of cash flow. So it generates a really good income and the fund owns those properties and people buy shares in the overall fund. The fund is um, revalued every month. Um, so you, you've you obviously got what the increase is, depending on any increase in valuation that comes through the fund. Um, there's regular distributions that go out to investors. And they can reinvest those or back in or take those, um, create regular savings plans within the fund so that their 10K can grow as the market grows and they can continually add to it while they're saving the deposit being in the market. That's um, 
a, a pretty straightforward snapshot of the fund itself? Pretty much it, Cam, yeah. Yeah, nice. So once again, there are options out there. Um, Resi Fund's a first-of-its-kind fund in Australia. Um, it's These funds are used overseas in America and, and throughout Europe and the UK, but um, we spent four or five years with our Australian Financial Services Licence creating and designing the fund so it meets the criteria. People need to make their own decisions. It's a product disclosure statement that needs to be read on it. Um, so if you're not in a position to buy your own property or sacrifice the current location that you're in to get into the market uh, could be an option for you. Once again, everyone needs to make the decision on their own, but uh, hopefully it's given people a few different options that they can look at or consider um, to get into the market faster because you're right, the market's hot and it's um, it's going to continue to um, increase in value over the coming three to five years, which it's good times ahead for those who are in the market. Yes, yeah, spot on. Nice one, Louis. Oh, it's good to talk to you again and uh, we'll stay tuned for the next episode. Yeah, cheers, mate. Take care. Thank you for listening to Brick to the Future, powered by OpenCorp, Australia's leading property investment specialists. For more information on how we can help you build your financial future, contact us at opencorp.com.au.